everybody, it's me again. Welcome back to another episode of Pels and Whistles. And since we last spoke, Pelicans have dropped two games at home against the Houston Rockets and against the Memphis Grizzlies. Now, these are divisional like rivals, right? Like we need to be winning these these games against these teams, especially teams that beat us before. We need to be trying to get revenge, right? Like I talked about us going on this revenge tour, and so far I have yet to see any revenge taking place, right? So against the Rockets, we missed like nine free throws, right? We let uh, Alperin Shingun go out there and have a career night with 37 points, 11 rebounds, six assists. Uh, Jabari Smith Jr. had 26 points and 11 rebounds. Their bigs were absolutely killing us. And, you know, we had Jonas Valanciunas was in foul trouble, we had no other backup bigs. Um, there was no Cody Zeller. There was no Larry Nance Jr. All we had was Jeremiah Robinson Earl. And that just did not go well. Um, and I know in some people's opinion, you know, we probably should have, uh, you know, tried to switch to Herb at the five or something like that. But I don't know. I mean, and I've, and I've seen Herb, you know, do this. I think Herb did really well against guys like, um, you know, Derek Lively when we played them in that that second matchup that we played them in. But um we just need more help at that position. Um, if if you're gonna if your backups are gonna be undersized, I mean Cody Zeller is not, but Larry Nance, I he's a small ball five, right? Like Jeremiah Robinson Earl, I don't really I don't know how big he is. I don't know what his like official height is, but for me, I don't think, oh, that's a big, a big dude. He's taking up a lot of space. You know, like I just I I don't think of that when I think of Jeremiah Robinson Earl. So that game was super frustrating to watch. Um against the Grizzlies. It felt like a very familiar story. It felt like I just saw this movie last week, right? Like, we just played this team. We just went through this whole thing where, like, we were up by, like, 24 or 26 or something last week and managed to lose that game. And in this game, going into halftime, um, we were up by five, and it's like, that's that's not a comfortable lead. Even with this team, a 20-point lead clearly isn't a comfortable lead. Um, we We just had, like, our impending misery – delayed by about five minutes for this because the game it was it was looking like it was going to turn out to be the same thing but then we end up going to overtime um there was there was a lot of questionable calls being made at the end of the game as far as like you know was was this a foul was this not a foul did they have possession did they not we don't know let's do a jump ball instead and the other team gets the ball back it's just it was a mess but the pelicans put themselves in that situation like there's only so much blame you can place on officiating um, and on poor officiating, but officiating doesn't blow 26 point leads. Officiating doesn't blow 14 point leads. Like you have to win in spite of all that. You have to win in spite of whatever bad lineup you have out there. Like you have to find a way to win. And for whatever reason, these guys just aren't finding a way to win. And I don't, and, and, and I feel like it's a share in the blame. I feel like there's a lot of blame on Willie Green, but there's a lot of things that he couldn't control. But before it was kind of just like, oh, he hasn't had a healthy roster to work with, yada, yada, yada. Now he does. So what is the issue? Why is he not growing as quickly as he should be growing? It's just, it's, it's bad habits. It's making the same mistake over and over again. So you keep saying that it's, you're learning. I don't see any learning happening, right? So people are getting pretty upset about that. But um, the Pelicans had six guys in double figures. We had 24 from uh, B.I., 23 from Zion. Um, the free throws were an issue again. We missed 12 free throws in this game, and we lost by one point in overtime. If you make your free throws, like I just, it's insane. And I know a lot of times people say, make your free throws, they're free. Yeah, yeah. Like, but okay, 
No one's 100%. No one's 100% of the strike. People have been 90%, 91%, whatever. No one's ever going to be 100%. I'm not expecting that. But as a team, you cannot shoot in the 60% range from the free throw line. Bring it up to 79. <laughs> Bring it up to 84. Like, But you cannot shoot in the 60s and expect to win these games. It is the same thing every night. And there was a game that we played um, where, you know, we might have missed one or two from the free throw line, but we won the game by like mm, 20, <laughs> you know, like it's, it's, it's crazy. There's, there's nights when you really, really, really need that ball to go in and it's not going in and you're losing by one, you're losing by three. It is extremely frustrating. It's doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. Insanity. So why are the Pelicans unable to close games? Why do they keep blowing double-digit leads and ultimately losing these games? Um, is it a matter of experience or IQ? Is it coaching? Um, why aren't Brandon Ingram and Zion Williamson working together most of the time like a well-oiled machine? This is your fourth season sharing the court together. This is your fifth season sharing a locker room together. Why are we still not able to make this work? They had the team meeting, came out the next game, looking like besties, <laughs> right? Um, and we kind of went, you know, we started to string some wins together. Do you need to have another team meeting before the year is even over? I hope not. That's not a good sign. And even to have a team meeting that early in the season wasn't a good sign. <sighs> What's not clicking? Like, is it is it a matter of both of them wanting to be Batman and neither of them wants to be Robin? Like, I'm not, I have no idea. I have no idea. And I have like, I think, I, I think it's safe to say I've officially just like run out of patience. Um, I tend to lean like way over on the positive side. Um, I do try to like remain realistic while being positive, but um, they're kind of breaking me. They're kind of breaking me this year, man. Um, pretty much since that, that blowout against the Lakers who we have coming back in town in a few days, like ever since that game, I'm just kind of, I don't know the last time that I genuinely have fun watching the game like it feels like a chore um and even in even in games that we've won like it just feels like a chore it feels like a task to have to watch the team like I would love to just watch and be entertained um by the product but the product just it, it's not really uh what what I envisioned it's not what I expected so it stings more when you know that in just a couple of months they're gonna send you an invoice for you to renew your season tickets again, and it's going to cost more than it did this season. <laughs> and you don't know that the product's going to get better. And, you know, for me, it's like I'm I'm not going to uh, – I'm not ever going to threaten that I'm going to cancel my season tickets or anything like that. Like, I basketball is my main hobby, like, you know, podcasting, doing the content and everything. This is my main thing. I'm not going to stop doing these things. But I would love to be able to thoroughly enjoy these activities again and finally start to – see this team put something together when you finally have a healthy roster. Like this is what we've been waiting for this whole time. Wait till we get healthy. Wait till we get healthy. Now they're healthy. We got healthy shooters getting DNPs on the bench. 
Like, what is going on? I don't know. And I'm starting to really, really look forward to the trade deadline. Because something got to shake. Something got to shake like the Harlem Shake. Something got to shake like Beanie Weenie. (laughs) Something has to shake, man. I can't take too much more of this. And last night, so I, I forgot what I said. It must have been a video I put up in response, uh, like a meme video I put up in response to what Willie was saying, because he's saying the same things over and over again in the press conference. And they were like, man, Rel, I was looking at you to be a, be the voice of reason, to be the beacon of hope. And I was like, look, dude, I understand that. <laughs> I understand that. But sometimes you got you to gotta find that within. I'm not going to always be able to give it to you, because they're driving me crazy right now. So all in all, the team is still 17 and 14. They just don't feel like a 17-14 team, and that's the issue. Like, we know this team, this team should at least have, like, 22 wins right now. Like, you could be 22-9. and And with that record right now, that's good enough to have you, I think, in the third seed in in the Western Conference. And, And, again, I go back to how this month, everybody was posting screenshots of what the schedule looked like in December. And I don't know what their exact record is just in the month of December. But there's some games in there they lost. They should have won. Two games against Memphis, a game against Houston. Well, we played Chicago earlier this month, too. And guess who's coming to town? Utah Jazz. Ain't been able to beat them since Devontae's game winner in, like, 2021. I don't necessarily go into these games ever thinking, oh, yeah, this should be cool. We should win this. Like, against San Antonio, it was like, yeah, we should, but... I never walk into any of these games anymore with like the utmost confidence that these guys are going to do what they need to do and put a team away early and keep them put away. So, and it doesn't really seem like the team has that confidence either. And it don't seem like they having fun. It's like, I'm not having fun watching them, but it don't seem like they having fun playing. And as much as we make fun of what Willie Green said about them playing with joy, them boys ain't playing with no joy. I don't see it. I don't see it. Every now and then, you know, there's a couple big plays and the bench might be a little hype, but that there's no consistency in the in the celebrating on the sideline, from what I can tell. I'm not looking over there after every single play, but I'm just not noticing any of that right now. So let's try to go out and beat Utah tomorrow, man. Please beat the Lakers or at least make the game competitive. Make it fun. It's New Year's Eve. I've been looking forward to this New Year's Eve game for a really long time. Um I would like to have fun. I'm not a New Year's Eve type of person. Like, after this game, I might go out for a little while, but I'm going to get inside. Like, all this drunk driving and stuff, like, I'm not into it. <laughs> so I need to get inside. I need to be home with my wife, my dogs. My dogs go nuts. You know, if you have animals, you know what it's like on New Year's Eve. Um, I'm trying to win this game, do a little bit of celebrating, get inside. But I won't be inside mad all night because <laughs> we lost, you know? So... Again, Thursday versus Jazz, Sunday versus Lakers, Tuesday versus the Nets. I'm not really sure what to expect against the Nets. Um, I ju- I just hope we win. I just hope we win. Like this, again, this homestand, like this is an opportunity for you to get some people's attention. There's people who, um, they're off. They don't have much time to do. Tickets are not super expensive outside from the Lakers game, right? So people who normally wouldn't be able to go to these games and haven't been able to get there all season can finally go. They're out of school. They're off work. Um, you have an opportunity to impress people. You know, people who haven't been paying much attention will be like, oh, you know, this team's kind of good. I didn't realize they were doing this well this season. And then you go out there, you got egg on your face every single night. Every time they get more eyes on them, they doodoo down their leg every time. (laughs) So it's wild. It's wild. But looking around the league, the Christmas Day slate was interesting, I guess you could say. 
Um, the Knicks beat the Bucks by seven. Nuggets beat the Warriors by six. Celtics beat the Lakers by 11. The Heat beat the Sixers by six. Um, there was no Joel Embiid and no Jimmy Butler for that game, by the way. Um, the Mavericks beat the Suns by 14. And Luka Doncic had a 50-point and 15-assist game, by the way. Now, once we get to those two Dallas games, January 13th and 15th, that's the halfway point of the season. That's games number 40 and number 41. And I'm going to be there for those games. Not super excited about it. We always let Luca get 50 points on us. Um, if he can have 49 points in a win, that's fine with me. Um, I just right now I don't really have that much confidence in the team um to be winning those games on the road, especially against Dallas, the way he's playing. And I don't know how long Kyrie's out. I feel like that's gonna be a situation where he's gonna come back, you know, right before he play us or something. So we have to get something together. And and the things that we were doing last time we played Dallas, like they beat us by like ultimately by like 12, but we were down a lot. Like we, we made up a little bit of ground in, in, in the, you know, garbage minutes, but that game, that was a blowout loss. Right. Um, but then two nights later, Willie green is sick. He's not coaching at all. James Borrego is the head coach. We're making different uh, adjustments and things. And we go out there and we smack Dallas in the face, whatever we did that night. I would be pleased if we tried that again. If you put Herb Jones on Derek Lively again and Luca is calling him up for a, for a screen or, you know, they're trying to do a pick and roll, now Herb Jones is on Luca Doncic. I feel like that works for me. <laughs> so what do I know, man? I don't get paid to coach these guys. So somebody got to figure it out. And they got to go out there and they got to make some buckets. They got to make some free throws for the love of God, please. In the standings, the Celtics are still at the top. A game and a half ahead of Milwaukee. And the Timberwolves are still at the top of the West. A game and a half ahead of Denver. And after last night's game, I believe the Pelicans are a full game behind the sixth seed, um, Sacramento Kings. So we have um, we had opportunity to, like, you know, stay in six um, or get to six, stay there, you know, maybe build on that, try to get to fifth. Um, we just can't gain that separation. And we finally started to gain some separation from being 500. Like we had gotten five or so games above 500 and that's looking good. Cause that was an issue we were having before we get two games up and then lose one or two, but, and it's okay to lose. Like, let's just not be streaking, right? Like this is a two game losing streak. And now we need to get back in the win column and we need to do it immediately. So, excuse me on the bright side though, the Detroit Pistons have lost a league like record 27 consecutive games. It's not a bright side for them. That's a bright side for us. It just says things could always be worse. And we know that there's not, there's not one of us that doesn't know that, but with the amount of talent we have healthy, it should be better, but it could always, always be worse. And I think that is where my plane lands today. So the 10-game breakdown, we're 31 games into the season at 17 and 14. Games 1 through 10, we went 4 and 6. Games 11 through 20, we went 7 and 3. Games 21 through 30, we went 6 and 4. Game 31, we lost. So let's not dig ourselves in a hole in this stretch of 10 games. Let's go ahead and get back in the win column. I mean, if you win the next one, lose uh lose sunday and win again like okay whatever we're you're you're even um again i'm just looking 500 or better 
in every single set of 10 games. And in games 11 through 20 and, and 21 through 30, we did that. So let's do it again. Let's just do it again. I think we're projected, uh, I don't remember what the number is, 44 wins, 45, something like that. And I think last year we were projected to win more, but, you know, things happened. Ten-game losing streaks happened. Hamstrings happened. Toes happened. All sorts of appendages. Um, We have to, of course, number one, stay healthy. But number two, learn how to win in spite of everything that's stacked up against you. That's it. That's all I got. So if you made it this far, I really appreciate it. This episode's getting out a little bit late today. Um, I stayed up super late. I slept in kind of late. So um, when you do happen to listen to this episode, I appreciate you being on the lookout for a new one. So I have been your host, Rel Myers. Thank you for listening to another episode of Pels and Whistles, and I will see you guys very soon. Take care. (laughs) 